C'était en début de It was in the beginning of 2020, and we had just learned that there would be a lockdown. We were concretely locked down. We were stuck where we were, and we didn't know for how long. Something I found very difficult to deal with. I realized at that moment how much I needed to travel, to see nature, to move around, to feel inspired. And suddenly it was no longer possible. And so we gave ourselves the means to travel differently, in a mental way, through our imagination. Bonjour, je m'appelle Claire Schwann. Hello, I'm Claire Schwann. I'm the creative director of Boucheron. And I'm going to tell you the true story behind our new Carte Blanche collection, Ailleurs. Comme dans beaucoup d'histoires, au départ, il y a un rêve. Like a lot of stories, this one started with a dream. I have always been drawn to do-it-yourself, to drawing, doing things with my own hands, since I was a child. But I never considered turning it into a career. I had the feeling I could be fulfilled with a creative occupation, but at the same time, I'm quite a pragmatic, rational person. And I don't know how to define it. Control freak. When I joined Boucheron, I was 35, and I thought, ah, oh, these people are crazy, they're crazy. I am well aware of how fortunate I am to hold this position at this house, obviously for a very short period of time compared to the existence of the house itself. So I don't want to waste that time doing easy things or things that have already been done. It's important not to be afraid of your own ideas, but then also to reassure other people. I'm thinking of the jewelers. They're wonderful, but sometimes they virtually faint when they see some of my drawings. So it's important to reassure them to never give up and to make sure what doesn't seem feasible at first does get achieved. Then, the dream has a name. It is called Ailleurs. It's an ode to the beauty of nature, and there's also the idea of questioning the meaning of precious. I've realized with time and through the various collections I've worked on that the meaning of precious, which seems obvious to other jewelers on Place Vendôme, is quite different to me. To me, what is precious is what is beautiful. It's not necessarily what is expensive. And what I usually find beautiful is what I find in nature. To me, if there is one single creative talent on this planet, it is nature. Hence the need to pay tribute to it and to open people's eyes to this beauty and its value. The advantage of not actually traveling, but to travel only through imagination, was that we didn't set ourselves any constraints. We reflected on several ailleurs. After all, why limit ourselves to just one? We determined five ailleurs. And then in our creative approach, we started by reflecting on everything except jewelry. How to define each ailleurs? What would the weather be like there? What about the atmosphere? What were the sensations we could feel in each of these ailleurs? Ailleurs consists of five imaginary worlds in which anyone can find a piece of themselves. I see this sand woman in a warm environment. She walks barefoot in the sand. It's a solar, bright environment. The colors there would be shades of beige, white, yes, warm. The leaf woman lives in a much more colorful world. There's green, orange, very bright colors. You can feel the energy. Perhaps not an electric energy, but at least there's energy. 
It is dynamic. La femme terre. The earth woman, I don't know why, I picture her almost hidden, protected by the earth, with rays of light that would pierce through. I can't tell if she's in a cave or underground. The color scheme is about very warm ochre tones, maybe a little more powerful than for the sand woman. I imagine the pebble woman in a more melancholic world. It's different shades of white, of light gray. Everything would be quiet, slow, peaceful. The volcano man lives in a more hostile, arid environment. Everything contrasts between black and white. You can feel the power, something raw about it. And the dream has materialized. An ailleurs collection that mingles plants with stones and animal elements. Rotten, real pebbles found on the beach, wood, meteorite. These materials were selected for their aesthetic value. And what I find interesting is to combine them and to create a contrast with materials that we quite naturally use in high jewelry, such as diamonds, gold, and so on, to show that we can make high jewelry with materials that might be humble, but are magnificent. I love burnt wood. The first time I saw some was in Kurashiki, Japan. It's a small village specialized in jeans manufacturing. And in this village of Kurashiki, there were houses built in burnt wood, all black, extremely understated, beautiful and pure. So that's an idea that stayed on my mind for a while, the love of that material. It's marsh oak. To tell you more about marsh oak, it's a wood that was submerged for about 3,500 years. Then it was charred, using a technique that gives the wood this silky, matte, very dark aspect that reveals the relief of the wood grain. This way, the wood doesn't burn as it would otherwise. So once charred, we can read the graphic effects of the wood grain. It's quite beautiful. Of course, there are some technical constraints. If you listen to the jewelers, they'll say, oh my goodness, how are we going to make a necklace out of rattan? Rattan is a supple material, and jewelers are accustomed to crafting rigid materials, such as gold and stones, and then articulating them to give them suppleness. So they might have been a little panicked at first, and then after many hours of tests, we're all thrilled to discover that A, it was achievable, and B, it's magnificent. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's a necklace belonging to a nature princess. It is sophisticated, it is beautiful, it's a sublime work of jewelry, and at the same time, it showcases a material that, in a way, has nothing to do with jewelry. We made a pair of um, diamond shell earrings and a jack shell brooch. 
pour les deux, on voulait utiliser both, de vrais coquillages. We wanted to use real shells. That should be pretty easy, I thought. We're going to select shells that we find very beautiful, then we'll add jewelry elements to these shells. I didn't see any specific difficulty about crafting those pieces at first. But I was wrong, because for each of these pieces, we needed to pair shells. We needed to find two identical shells, identical in size, in shape in color and in pattern. Maybe I'm more used to it, but it's easier to find diamonds. Pairing diamonds is far less complicated than pairing shells. A ring depicting a wolf howling at the moon, whose fur is made of sculpted meteorite. It's a real meteorite that has been sculpted. And sculpting meteorite brings out a metallic graphic effect from it. It gives the visual impression that the fur is real, displaying different shades of grey. In the Earth Woman's world, I wanted to pay tribute to what nature and the Earth naturally offer in terms of stones, in particular by looking at the various types of crystallizations that exist. We came upon naturally cubic crystallizations. They look like stacks of cubes, forming an extremely graphic result. It makes you wonder how nature can make such perfect cubes with right angles. I found that crystallization magnificent, so that's the inspiration behind these crystals earrings. It is a composition of cubic elements crafted in a smoky quartz, mounted on rose gold and set with diamonds. And the idea was not to see the metal at all and to give the feeling that we may have found the crystallization as is, naturally. And there are some technical challenges. I don't ever want the technical challenges to override the idea, the creation in itself. If something is beautiful and wonderful and doesn't involve any technical challenge, I think that's great. But I also know myself, I love to push back the technical limits and see whether things that seem impossible might not become possible if we couldn't find a solution to achieve them after all. So it's a mixture of both. I'm careful about myself to make sure that the technical challenge doesn't outweigh the creation. The pebble necklace was quite clear from the outset. I obviously wanted us to work with real pebbles. We found quite a lot of different pebbles and had the chemical composition of the ones we found most beautiful studied. This enabled us to know where exactly they came from, a specific island in Greece. So it was these pebbles, specifically, that we were looking for. Of course, as everyone knows, pebbles weigh a certain weight, and it seemed essential to me to create a surprise with this necklace, so that when someone picked up the necklace, they'd be surprised by how light it is. So it took a huge amount of work to find a way to hollow out each of the pebbles composing this necklace as much as possible. A different titanium tool had to be created to hollow out each pebble. So as many titanium tools were created as there are pebbles on this necklace. We managed to obtain from 1.3 millimeters to 1.5 millimeters of thickness for each pebble. And when I saw the first trials on these hollowed out pebbles, it was absolutely great because there was another surprise. 
by thinning them out like an eggshell, the white pebbles became glittery, like a play on transparency that revealed all the details of the pebble material and brought out its sparkle. The wood flower was also clear in my mind from the beginning. The original intention for this brooch was quite clear, to obtain an extremely realistic effect on the petals of the flower, even though they would be crafted in wood. We scanned real flower petals, from which we then recreated an, an original imaginary flower. Thanks to these scans, we were able to carve the wood in an ultra-realistic way and in an extremely thin manner. The wood we chose is Santos rosewood, so that the wood grain, once carved into the shape of petals, would have an aesthetic appearance. We also wanted the color to be beautiful. The petals are chiseled, serrated. They have that crinkled look that you can find on natural petals. All of this in wood. We also designed the shape of this flower so it would follow the curve of the shoulder. It is a rather imposing large piece and it's extremely light because such finely carved wood is extremely light. We mounted all the pistols at the heart of this flower on little titanium rods, no thicker than a hair. So when the piece is moved, even just a little, the titanium pistols begin to vibrate, which brings it to life. We also created a magnet system like a shoulder pad in white gold that goes under the garment. That way, the woman wearing it just has to place the flower on her shoulder and it is extremely easy to put on. When the design doesn't exist yet, or even when the piece doesn't exist yet, and you talk about how you want to make a very large shoulder brooch, representing a flower in full bloom with wood petals and a diamond center, it doesn't necessarily reassure everyone. But in my mind, I was thinking it would be magnificent. And I think it is, in the end. Et enfin, au bout du rêve, il y a l'émotion. And finally, at the end of the dream, there is emotion. To me, there is more than one single emotion. The interest of having these five worlds, which are so different from one another, is to create an interplay of all the emotions that they convey. I feel that we're not always the same. We don't always feel the same way. We don't always want the same things from one day to the next. So the fact that we created several ailleurs, to me, offers the possibility to have a choice. And through these different ailleurs, being able to feel different emotions, different sensations, Feeling free is certainly an emotion, because when you've lost your freedom, you can definitely feel it too. So the start of this collection was all about feeling free, or at least pursuing that feeling of freedom, being able to move around, to travel, at least mentally, and about the freedom to create without setting ourselves any boundaries. Even if it's called ailleurs, not trying to rationalize it, to have to be logical or geographical. It didn't really matter. On the contrary, it was about having fun and doing exactly what we wanted to do. I actually think that jewelry is for people who love details, even to the point when it becomes an obsession. 
vision. That's how I am, and I'm surrounded by people who are like that, absolutely obsessed with details. In a lot of pieces, we have a hard time reining in that tendency. We want to go as far into the details as possible, seeking perfection. To me, that is very important. Even if, in the end, we don't even want that work to be visible, we want perfection to look natural and easy. And to get to that point, to reach that perfection, I know the thousands of hours of work it requires. And of course, this to me is immensely valuable. L'émotion, c'est ce qui permet de créer de belles histoires. Emotion is what makes it possible to write beautiful stories et de les partager and to share them. When I was a child, I loved Casimir, a character from Lilo's Enfants, a French children's television show. And Casimir had a machine that I found insane and revolutionary at that time. It was quite naive. He would draw something and then put the drawing into the machine and an object would come out of it in 3D, or at least an extrusion. The same thing, but a little thicker. And I thought the creative process was completely crazy, starting with almost nothing, a drawing, and to obtain an object from it. I was fascinated. So what interested me was not so much doing the initial drawings, but to see the pieces made, to be able to say, okay, I imagine that, I visualized it in my mind, and today it is presented to me. It exists, it is here. So that is quite amazing. I'm very happy. Merci d'avoir écouté notre vraie histoire de la collection Ailleurs. Thank you for listening to our true story of the Ailleurs collection. Et à bientôt peut-être dans True Stories. And see you again soon, perhaps in True Stories.